All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Stansman, the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-9760. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker, can handle all your insurance needs, whether auto, life, home, or renters. Okay, give him a call. You can find the cheapest rate out there for you, too, because it's over 40 different carriers. But you can give him a call and give you a free quote. The number is 210-641-4000. That is Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right. Before we move on to this Nick and Jimbo, Tigers over ball. This is going to be for Birdie here, probably. Did it break? And he got it. So he's moved down, and I think that puts him at three over par. Projected cut right now is at four. Let's see if the knee holds up. He's still through the front nine. Started late. He's through five. Going to be entering six, hole six. Um, part three coming up. Hey, I can do this play-by-play stuff. There you I go. Can, I can do Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. Justin Thomas uh, is your leader right now. Justin Thomas. Okay. Six under. So Rory's kind of backed up a little bit. He's uh, in third today. minus four. He's in a tie yeah. for third. Okay. Rory. All right. Um, okay. So... We've heard an apology from Nick Saban. Um, I mean, the SEC Network loved this. They were all over this yesterday. Like, like they, you know, it's kind of you talking about girls softball and baseball right now going to college, but this dominated the SEC Network. Get all the breakdown and all that. First of all, I went back to look at the the the, the setting Nick was talking in. Nick was. This is the deal, like. You know, Nick has taught, had a thousands of press conferences in his career. And, you know, when you have cameras and you have reporters, you're trained and you're conditioned to have your guard up and mentality different to where you don't get baited or you be careful what you say. You're That's just what it is. But this was a setting that was laid back, probably in front of some big donors, a lot of rich people. You know, maybe Nick had an adult beverage or one or two waiting until he had to speak. And he just got loose like he was in a barbershop. And, you know, hearing his apology, I I do believe it makes sense. Kind of what he's saying. Like, look, man, they're not really I didn't accuse anybody of cheating. There was assumed. But I'm just telling you, this is what they're doing. I have a problem with NIO. Okay. Um, But he apologized because I thought, you know, he really had to feel bad about the Deion Sanders thing because that was just totally like there was not even to bring up. I mean, Jack, that's Jackson State. I mean, they they ain't nowhere close. Jackson State ain't got nothing to do with Alabama and Tuscaloosa, the SEC. But Jimbo's press conference that he called, by the way, um, I thought was really overboard to the fact that you're, you're sitting here saying that He's God, or he acts like God. And you're telling people to go dig up his past or go see how he, how God made this or see what type of deal he did. And you find out a lot about him. And he takes a little swig like, oh, he's he's the greatest right of all time. Uh, yeah, Jimbo, he is. He is. Okay? This is a fight between seven national titles and one with crab legs. All right. Like there, this is, you know, to sit there and go, because first of all, the reason why no one's really heard this or whatever, like, trust me, 
if Nick had a bunch, and trust me, I'm pretty sure Nick has a bunch of assistants that's worked with him that they're like, no, dude, I ain't going to have a beer with that guy. No, I don't want, like, he probably rubs a lot of guys the wrong way. Okay? Just his attitude, his determination, just the way he is. His personality comes across, you know, just, hey, I'm the same way. People, There's a lot of people don't like my ass because they feel like, man, whatever. They just don't like me. And I get that. But to sit there and think that he's done something so shady or or so criminal without us ever hearing anything about this, I think it was just the fact Jimbo was hurt. If this would have been a coach in the Big 12, if this would have been just any other coach that had a problem with Texas A&M getting the number one overall recruiting class and saying something like, oh, man, they, they paid for most of, all, most of their players. Jimbo wouldn't have gave – there ain't no way in hell Jimbo would have gave any time to do no press conference and gave this any mind. He would have said, hey, people want to say what they want to say. We know we're doing right over here and move on. He did that because that hurt. And Jimbo, I know mentor. <laughs> you, you, you coach under Bobby Bowden to learn how to do things right. You coach under other people to learn how not to do things. Jimbo, shut up, man. Okay? Like I said, you make the money. Because of that guy. And and how many times has he really called you back to be a coordinator? In between what? And don't sit there and in, in, in your press conference going about three to five minutes about you defending 17-year-old kids. 17-year-old kids. And they family. Seriously? I got to come up here and defend 17. Man, you don't care. Stop it. You Go ask those 17, 18-year-old kids when you left out of Florida State, when you threw them under the bus, when you, you bitched and complained about new facilities for Florida State, when you really wasn't winning too much after your national championship. Because if you really want to think about it, you kind of underachieved at Florida State delivering one national championship after you getting a Jameis Winston and sending him as the number one overall pick. But don't sit there and tell me when you when they gave you the facilities and when they did it, you said, oh, this thing ain't good enough. You took you took to hire pastors with your cowboy boots for a boatload of money. Don't tell me. Don't sit up there and cry that you defending those families. This is because you were hurt and embarrassed because, you know, if he says that everybody's going to believe it, whether it's true. And it probably is true. But it's just astonishing. Like, man, dude, Terry didn't cook for me. We didn't play pickup games together. I haven't been to the lake house, and you're going to do this to me? That was a man scorned. He was upset. He was hurt. But I think he threw out a lot of things that, like, man, we've never heard. And I'm not trying to tell you that Nick Saban is some saint, that, like, everything's been. But the problem is, and, you know, and it's kind of like Zach's phone call yesterday toward the end. You know, and had to give it some thought about it, but it's true. You know, a lot of people, Deion Sanders, he took the high road because he's got to tread a little bit lightly. But, like, Deion said, hey, you know, had a conversation with Shannon Sharp. Say, hey, he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to his boosters. Nick was trying to, in the room for his boosters, like, hey, man, I know we didn't kick the ass in recruiting, but if y'all want to know, they, they pulling out deep money. So if y'all like winning so much and it's a failure, if we don't get a national championship, then open them checkbooks because this is where we're at. And I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? This is a guy that is – Nick is a very smart dude. Everything he does is calculated. He motivates his team through the media, and he speaks through the media to his team. And I think maybe this is one of those, not saying it was right, but he was speaking through the media to his boosters and saying this is the game now. And a lot of people do feel that Nick feels that, you know what, Alabama, you know, when it comes to that state and what's going on, they don't have the money that Texas has to – Play that game. I I agree. I disagree a little bit on that because I feel there's no way. I mean, you, you generate over a hundred and I think between one hundred twenty five to one hundred fifty million dollars a year 
that football program generates for that university. That ain't all just basically in ticket sales and TV deals. That's basically boosters and all that. It ain't like Texas. It ain't like Texas A&M. They're going to be competing against somebody from the Little Sisters of the Poor or the WAC division or the Sun Belt. Nick just let know, hey, this is where we're at. And part of it feels like Nick's like, look, man, I did this the hard way. Okay? And he just feels like, you know what, me going in and saying, look, you look at the fingers, you look how many championship rings it is, did you watch the draft last April? That What Nick is trying to say, he don't know if that's going to be good enough anymore. And that's why I say this, everybody always wondered, when is this guy going to quit? When is he going to give it up? I say that it's things like this when he feels like, you know what, man, this is going to college sports and college football is going a different direction that I don't feel like I really want a part of it. I'm not going to sell my values just to go and get wins. This is what starts that process. Because this is not going anywhere. I mean, that's going to be probably one of the most anticipated games in college football in a long time. I think is what is October the 8th or something like that. Yeah. It's in Tuckaloo. First of all, they were going to get their ass kicked anyway because they lost. They lost to that team. They're going to get an ass whooping on October the 8th. And it ain't just really because of this whole thing between Jimbo, whatever. Because you know what Nick's going to do? Nick's going to, because when you are constantly competing for national championships, and you got to think this, there's not any other school, not USC. Uh, well, they went through a little bit, but you can go to any other school. There hasn't been a school in a long time. And nobody right now, they play a national championship game every week against somebody because they, when they're on the schedule, everybody's gunning to beat them. So when you're in that situation, you got to look for things to even let your new recruits, your current recruits, not get fat on the hog and get like read all the clips. He's always talked about, you know, rat poison. And I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to take this situation through spring practice all the way for the next few months. And he's going to have it looped. And what he's going to be telling his recruits, say, you know what? They the ones that got the number one class. They the ones that kicked y'all's ass. He's going to use this to where they're going to be spitting nails when agriculture, Aggie land, the pig nation, 12 man. Let me, let me kiss somebody in the stands when we score. Get the ass kicked. That's what's going to happen. And, and, and this whole thing, and let me get to the athletic director of the Texas A&M. Okay, first time I ever heard this guy speak. Oh, well, we think Dixon violates some bylaws of sportsmanship. And, you know, there's a saying that when a dynasty, when, when an emperor feels his dynasty's falling, he, he, feels, he's, he feels threatened. Uh, listen, I've been hearing that this dynasty's been over for like the last 12, 13 years. What, what, what dynasty has he lost? Because he lost in the national championship game to the guy that he gave the blueprint to in Georgia that just sent nine, like damn near nine first rounders in the draft. Oh, by the way, his best receiver blew ACL out the first half. If they don't lose him, they probably beat Georgia. But I ain't the one to make excuses. Is that is that the dynasty? Is that what he's threatened by, Mister uh, Mister President, Athletic Director of A and M? Stop it, man. The truth of it is you got to go through them. As long as you're, you got to get him to get the West. You can beat him. You finally beat him for the first time since Johnny Manziel went through there. All right? But, you know, they knew Johnny was running around campus doing in, in Motel 6s and everything, signing footballs and T-shirts and getting drunk and all that kind of stuff and flying and hanging with Drake. But now they want to be holier than thou. Talking about, we don't do. What is this? We're integrity and sportsmanship. Man, shut the hell up and get this ass whipping on the 8th. 
Jimbo's got one. I don't like Jimbo Fisher. But to stop all this, like, oh, I'm defending 17 and 18-year-old kids. Man, get the hell out of here, man. You don't care about them kids like that. This is because your reputation is on the line, and it's the godfather that called it out. Oh, if that's that's who's the, he's the greatest of all time, right? He is, Jimbo. He is. Okay? Yeah, it's probably be t- uh, uh, coaching in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it wasn't for him. Probably be coaching in the whack. He pay, helped pay the way for you. Tell me, oh, I learned. Yeah, and this is the same guy. Jimbo's the same guy that damn near made Florida State put Bobby Bowden's ass in a nursing home so he could take over his job. When he was sitting there as the offensive coordinator behind Booster's back, like, uh, we, we didn't give him his honors, right? How long is his ass going to be here? Because I got other jobs waiting. And they ran Bobby Bowden's ass out of there for you. So don't tell me this high and mighty all that. Oh, well, you learn from Jimbo. You learn from people you don't know and Bobby Bowden. You stab Bobby behind the back. Pay attention to that sport, man, for a long time. I know what I'm talking about. Anybody talking about that, but don't get in there with your cowboy boots up in 12, man, and get all holier than thou. What you got? So anybody else would say, don't hate the player, hate the game. Jimbo's just playing the game. That's right. There's nothing wrong with it. He's got this opportunity, the opportunity, pay your players, however you put together your roster. But I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, though, Saban struggled in the NFL when you have to put together a roster, free agency, go through the draft, develop these guys. But he could, he could, he can sell a culture at the collegiate level. So is college entering this phase, like he kind of talked about in that panel, of this becoming like professional sports, paid sports now? Can Saban even contend? In, in that arena, and is that what he's more worried about? Because he can sell culture, he can sit in a living room, he can do all those things. But what he couldn't do in Miami was draft together a team, talk to guys who are making, one guy's no, making for, $15 million, uh, another guy's I, I, making $2 I see million. what you're trying to ask me, but stop the breaks right now. What he didn't do with Miami is got overruled and had to get stuck with Dante Culpepper's fat ass over Drew Brees. The medical doctor screwed him up. That changed the whole history of NFL and college football. Nick Saban gets Drew Brees what he wanted, and the doctors approve him in, in, with, with Miami, and that's what he really wanted. Nick's won a Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowls in the NFL. If people remember, those couple years he was with Nick Saban, he was giving Tom Brady ha- a hell when they had to face his mentor, Bill Belichick, a couple times. That was about he didn't have a quarterback. That's why he led. Now, I, I don't agree with the way he, he handled it, like, no, I'm not taking an Alabama job, and people give them to this day that crap. But let me, kind of what you're asking me, I had a, a Facebook message from Frederick Dewan Johnson. He said, real question, listen to the show every day, and while I want to call, and I really don't get a chance, but the NFL stuff, I watched the full interview with Nick Saban, gave, uh, gave. I can't but think about the time he was coach of the Miami Dolphins. And I might be wrong, but I don't think he finished the year as their coach. So I'm skeptical of how good of an actual coach he is, and not just a recruiter, and wondering, is he the type? a person who has to have absolute control over everything. I also watched the Alabama spring game, and he was screaming the whole time. Just interesting your thoughts without the Bama glasses on. Well, first of all, Frederick, and I tell all y'all, like, I give, in and all, whether it's Denver, and I told you, whether it's Denver, Alabama, and let me tell you, my, my interest for Alabama and Nick Saban is nowhere near on the level of it is for that team in Colorado. You're talking about since seven years old. My blood is a different color, like bluish when I bleed. Okay? 
when I cut myself shaving, sometimes it comes out blue and orange and red. It ain't even no way. And I've always given you a fair take without goggles. Now, when they doing something, I'm going to let you have them. I'm on a high step from the 20 like Dion. But this is the thing. Let me answer Frederick. First of all, the fact that we got a – is he really a good coach? You, how many guys that shook the – shaking Goodell's hand? Okay. There's a lot of team, There's a lot of guys that play with universities that's on TV every Saturday at 2.30, 3.30, big SEC football. There's a lot of players that get exposure. If that guy was not a teacher or a coach or a real developer, do you think they continue win like that? Do you think and, – and, and no, it's more than just recruiting. Yes, I think he's a good coach. No, he didn't finish. I don't think he finished the season with Miami. I can't remember, but no, I don't think so. Um, but yes, he's a, he is more than a recruiter. And to answer your question, Jonas, if he wants to play this game, why can't he? Why, why can't he play? Yeah, he can play it. It just comes down if you want to play that way. They're going to do everything. The, 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 and this has not, the NLL rule has nothing to do with closing the gap with Alabama. But the truth of the matter is, even without that, I've been saying the gap in general has closed a little bit. You know, that's just the reality. But no, he's not. He's, he can play that game. The reason why he wasn't successful in NFL because they didn't approve Drew, they didn't pass uh, Drew Brees' medicals. And they got stuck with uh, Dante Culpepper. Get your roll on. Terrible. Just terrible. I know that's black on black crime, man, but sometimes Nick gets a, sometimes the story ain't told. You know, the whole story ain't told, man, about that whole Miami situation. 1 800 707 976. You listen to the Sports Crime broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready to drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included, and whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Mr. Sands, Spin the One and Twos, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this last segment of the day and the week is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so um, let's read some reaction before we go on. Um, and uh, I got a couple NFL things I want to touch on, the Baker update and all that. But before we do that, 
let's go to some social media and streaming. What do we got? Well, checking in, you asked earlier, wondering what Jazz thought on Emei. Oh, so she let us know. She was and listening. And she is listening. What's up, Jazz? Uh, she said Emei was a strong role player, a tough, high IQ, Danny Green without the jump shot, good ball handler. Uh, she said she met him at, a, at a, the barber shop hmm. and told him way back then that Pop needed younger players, and uh, Emei then pointed to Roger Mason. And she says they laughed. First of all, thing that's funny. I knew Jazz. You know, first thing stands out to me, like, hey, Jazz hanging out, Jazz hanging out to brothers barbershop or what? Like, we're running in the barbershop. I know that couldn't have been no supercut. Or Jazz hanging out in that say in the barbershops with Mason and Adoka there. Hmm, interesting. Anyway, um, sounds like a fun time. Oh, okay. You got a two one zero Earth in here after that last segment of breaking down. The developments in the Jimbo Fisher Nick Saban feud. So it sounds to me like Saban walks on water with some laughing emojis there. <laughs> Whatever, man. Two one zero. Like I said, hey, well, they build you up to bring you down, to break you down. Okay, you gonna use his fuel, use his fuel, especially the guy, the athletic director of Texas A&M that opened his pothole. Handle like, it on man. the field. Uh, we also got uh, JT Cervera here checking in on Facebook. Says, I just looked up Skylar Diggins. Yeah. Left it at that. Yeah. Oh, Skylar. You know, I was about maybe about 20 years younger, 30 years younger and single, 20 years younger. I think she's married, though, by the way. Yeah, her and uh, Tarasi got into it on the sidelines. Thought they were going to come to blows. You really don't see that in women's basketball too much. But two competitors, you know, um, Skylar King, I think she was drafted by the Wings, Dallas WNBA team. That's where she kind of started her career. You know, everybody knows Notre Dame won a national championship. Lil Wayne tried to shoot his shot years ago with her. It's like Wayne's been around, man. I don't know if Skylar wants that, man. Wayne's been around the block, just like Future has. That's why Sierra had to find a good man. Okay, not a guy that's just talking about popping mollies twenty four seven, and got about four or five women. He's never talking about oh, Steve Harvey. You can keep her. Oh, come on, man. I had to get a good guy, a good family guy. All right. Anyway, man, they gonna be, y'all going to be tired about Russ. By the time that Thursday night kick or was it Monday night kickoff come around, my goodness. Speaking of football, before a couple other things too, um, there's reports coming out that Carolina Panthers and, okay, and who was else? Carolina. Seattle. And Seattle. There you go. Are still in the Baker Mayfield sweepstake. The the reports are saying that this is really this has been negotiations that have fell down, and it kind of happened with you know, Carolina was in the situation where they had to take Matt Carroll, which I think that might be a steal. I still think Matt Carroll might be the steal of this draft, but they had to because there were negotiations. This is my thing. This is coming down to money, and has them stop playing games, man. Cleveland, stop playing. Pay you got to pay some of the salary. I mean, I understand you gave Deshaun that, but everybody knows you're not going to keep him on the roster and be in there. Whether Deshaun gets six games, eight or four, I'm not buying that theory as well. But come on, Haslam, stop being cheap. Like, you already paid that money, man. Cleveland, stop playing, man. Just pay the salary, man. Pay some of it. That's the only thing that's holding this up. Like, y'all, like, they made the mistake. You took one overall. No, you don't think it was a mistake. But sometimes you got to pay for your mistake. Like, let the, you're hijacking the franchise. Like, let Baker, like, just pay. Like, I'm, if they're sitting in the stands and saying, we ain't paying none of it. 
We want you to pay of it. And it's 18, what is it, 18 million? 18.5? It's, it's, it's about 19, but the, the team has said that they will pay some. Well, is the, the, the reports that have come out, but how much people are willing to pay for him is a, and what that exchange is going to be is a whole other question. Well, evidently, they don't feel like they, y'all want, y'all ain't paying enough. Cleveland, they look like or they ain't paying enough. Cleveland's not getting enough in return. If, it, if it's we're paying half of his salary and you're going to give us a fifth round pick, I, I, I don't know if Haslam's looking at that and saying that's a good deal for me. Well, you Speaking said it best. If you're the Cleveland Browns. You, you said it best. I mean, Cleveland did their own job by basically really crapping all over him and devaluing him anyway publicly. So now the Roosters have come home to roost, pay 50% of the salary or 60% and give up the draft pick. Okay, and if you really wanted to play a game of chicken, you wouldn't have signed Jacoby Brissett. You would have just still had Baker on there having people buying the fact like they just waiting to see if Deshaun going to get any games or not. But you keep going back to Jacoby Brissett, which you kind of sold me on that. But that's the situation. But that's the update. I'm still looking for that update. Like, and again, the other thing. Hey, John Lynch, you learn from the best, man. One of the best. Like this Jimmy thing, and, and you know, a lot of people, well, Jim, they're waiting for Jimmy to get healthy. Come on, man. I mean, like, what are we doing? Like, there's no way. I won't say no way because we're getting close. There's no way week one Jimmy Garoppolo can be on that roster. You can't do it. You, you're going to have to go with Trey. They they pulled up with the third. I'm sticking with that, but we haven't heard any type of Jimmy news as well. Some of the other news we have, Miami Dolphins defensive players are really wild by the new offense. Say it's like night and day new offense compared to the other staff. Def- this is defensive players talking. Now, I don't know if this is just because you're talking about Tyreek Hill, all these weapons and stuff like that and Tua, but they're just saying what they've seen with this offense, it's really it's really amazing. You know? And I'm like, well, I guess this brother, the brother they hired, I guess he I guess he can go in and coach too. But we'll see how that goes. But Miami defensive player, that came across. And we never did talk about a, a, a tough situation. Uh, running back for Chicago Bears, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen. Didn't he just blow his knee out like a year before last? Yeah. And now I think it what was uh, working out or something in in voluntary. Uh, he was doing an at home workout on Instagram Live. He so. was on Instagram Live mm-hmm. when he blew his knee out. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I don't even know what Chicago's running back situation is. All I know is that they've got to. You know, you talk about Justin Fields and what they got in Justin Fields. I, I hope I don't know if they've addressed that offensive line enough for me for Justin Fields. I mean, I know he's mobile, but they've got. I mean, you lose Allen Robinson, I get that, but really with Chicago, it's going to come down what the what the trenches is like, um, in my opinion, on that. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven six. Let's go to the phones here real quick. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you on the sports crowd here on Ticket Seven Sixty Thirteen and Thirteen Hundred The Zone. What's up, Mike? Yeah, man, I, I wanted to get back in on uh, the situation with uh, Nick Saban um, and uh, the man, the Texas A&M guy. Hey, uh, listen, um, uh, th- uh, this guy here, Jimbo, he's under a lot of pressure at Texas A&M right now, man. Okay, he finished eight and four. Now, now he's got he. You know, I don't think Texas A&M gonna win a national championship. But uh, when when you get those type of players, when they they say that this is the best recruiting class, not just in twenty twenty two but in the history of college football. Now, not this year, but next year, Jimbo got to produce a national championship. All the people in Texas A&M, they're going to feel like they're not getting their money and their values worth out of this man, and they're going to be trying to move him out of town. 
Because, see, when you spend that kind of money, it puts a lot of heat. That's why, that's why uh, Jimbo had such an attitude yesterday, because he knows that he's under a lot of pressure and that uh, right now Nick Saban uh, still has – Nick Saban is still the man, and he knows the only way he can do that is to beat Nick Saban. Okay, Saban, he made the worst mistake that you can make as a coach. Uh, you see how I come back to burning with Kirby Smart and now it's coming back to burn with all these coaches, same thing with Lane Kiffin. They know all the secrets that this man has done. And now when they play him, they already know what his game plan is going to be. And Nick Saban knows that. And he knows the only way he can beat these people now is with the players. And he's not getting them because you can see what happened with Georgia. I guarantee you those nine, eight or nine people that was with Georgia that signed with the NFL, if they wouldn't have been with Georgia, they would have been on Alabama's team. But he, he got out-recruited by Georgia for those players, and Nick Saban knows that he got out-recruited by Jimbo. So he's a desperate man right now, and I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike. Well, first of all, um, to sit there and say that he knows that all the coaches got the answers to the test or this is a problem, there's been one coach, and it just happened last year, and having to be the guy that's under attack in Jimbo that finally beat him. He was like 20, excuse me, he had two. He had two. Jimbo was the first one, and Kirby Smart was the second one. So he's on, out of all this, you got to think how many assistants they lose every year. Out of all the assistants that's left him and went and got other jobs, and he's pretty much faced all of them, which he's like 22-2 and two or whatever the record. He just finally this year in 20 or last year, in 2021 was his first time losing to his assistants, and he dropped two. Um, in regards to Jim, in regards to the reports that this is maybe the best recruiting class in ever, uh, let's see it on the field. Uh, that's that's saying a lot. I mean, like I said, you. I mean, te- Texas, the University of Texas, have been getting four star and five star recruits and finishing in like the top, at least the top fifteen in recruiting for the last five or six years. And what does that turn out to be? Now, they don't look like they hardly have any. Okay, besides their running back. So, um, and this is my thing with Jimbo. I mean, yes, he's under pressure because regardless, you got to win that conference and you got to win it uh, to get to the SEC championship game to face Georgia, if that's the other one. And and with Kirby, you know, first of all, with with the recruiting thing, Mike, Kirby's always been the guy, even under Nick Saban, long as he was the guy that was really the guy behind the scenes that were out on those trails, that were making those visits. Nick is only coming out and doing the electric side and dancing at, at family reunions for the big dogs, okay? The big dogs. So it, it, Kirby, everybody knows Kirby is a good recruiter. I mean, but Nick, I mean, at the point of what he's built, sometimes it recruits stuff. Whether they pay for players, quote-unquote player or not, don't think that top players are going to just stop coming to Alabama Why he's there. The proof is in the pudding. Like he told you, over $14, 15000000000 billion in NFL contracts have come out of Tuscaloosa way before we knew what the hell the NIL was. That's all I'm saying. I mean, in all dynasties don't last forever. I just know I've been hearing this one's going to be over for like the last 8, 10 years. I remember having that debate when Salami was on this show, one of his worst calls ever on air. And y'all know Salami was radio gold. But when he told, oh, it's over. I, that's what I told him. Put, put it, say it now. It's over. And I forgot that was the year. When, and, and next thing you know, it's been three, four championships later since that comment. So I've been waiting for it. The competition's gotten harder. Don't get it twisted. Because to me, 
The only one that's even really showed that they've closed the gap, really, that's really put it to the test, and that's old crazy fool down there, free pizza giveaway Dabo. Dabo's ass. We're going to dug it tonight. That guy. And I'm going to see what Dabo's going to do because he's been having to reload since Sunshine left. I'm going to see how long it takes Dabo to get back. He had a bad season for Clemson stances last year. He's the only one that's really done it on the field and beat him in a national championship game, beat him in a semifinal, you know, gone back and forth, gone to three, you know, final four pitch. That's Clemson, not Jimbo yet, not Aggies. Like I said, it was a mistake for him, and, and, and it was, it is unprofessional. It was unprofessional, but he was in an unprofessional setting. But I, you know, but what he did to Jackson State and Dion, I totally disagree with it because there's bigger undertones to that, and I don't think Nick even really meant that way. But that's the way it comes across. So just because I root for him, or I like him, don't mean I'm just going to sit. I, whoever tweeted that, I don't think he walks on water. I ain't treating him like that. I'm just trying to tell you what's fair and what's not. But before we start talking about the emperor and when they lose their dynasty, ain't nothing lost yet. When they stop making Final Fours. Then we can sit there and talk about when they stop going to the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta, Georgia, Chocolate City of the South, then that's when I can sit there and say, oh, you know what, this is pretty much maybe going over. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, what's up? Celtics and Heat are tied now at 1-1. One and one. Okay. By the time we get back here on Tuesday, no show on Monday, there will be two games played this weekend. What's that series record when we come back in on Tuesday? I'm going to say 2-2. Both of them are in Boston. Oh, you said both games. I'm going to give Miami. I'm going to say 2-2. I'm going to say 2-2. I think I think Boston wins tomorrow night to go up 2-1. And then I can see, unless they just totally die. If they have another dominating performance like they did in Miami, maybe they take their soul. But if you ask me to make a prediction now, I would say 2 They It's going to be 2-2. 2-2. Okay. Uh, tonight, of course. Mavericks Warriors at eight. That's going to be at at Chase Arena, and then you've got the Sunday game in back in Dallas. I think the, I think Dallas uh, is going to be a competitive game tonight. If you for people that participate in the Bennett World, I really like Dallas first half and first quarter with that plus three and a half, first quarter plus two, and for the game buy it up. I think it's going to be competitive if they don't win. But I would say by the time you say it's going to be two games played as well, yeah. I would it's say tonight and Sunday. So tonight, and, and of course, Golden State leads one nil. So let's say Dallas wins tonight, one one. Then the next game, I would say I would give Golden State game three in Dallas, handing right. them their first one of their first few losses. You know, and usually thing coming three. You know, Miami dropped their first game. Golden State's been undefeated at home. Maybe they get their first loss tonight as well. And on the other front, on hockey, like I said, I like the Rangers. And Edmund Oilers to tie it up one one tonight. We'll see. We'll we'll check in with Sam when we get back next week to see if we were right about that. But anyway, that is a wrap for the day and the week. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks, to Mr. Sam, spinning the one and two. San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole three hundred five South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. When that alarm goes off Monday morning for you, the snooze button for you are out the rack. Just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See y'all Tuesday. <laughs>